0: So hello and thank you for joining us for this episode of Bookable Space. Laura, thank you so much for being our guest today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Anytime. So we'll just jump right in. And can you please tell us a little bit about the book, Little Stories for Your Life?
1: Little Stories of Your Life is a it's a nonfiction book. And it's a book designed to help readers to find their voice to share their world and to tell their story. And it's about the practice of storytelling with words and with photographs. And it's about telling small stories, so not sort of writing great novels or, you know, sort of long tracks, but picking up little moments from your life and recording them with words or with photographs. And it focuses on sort of different ways of storytelling and on creativity and sort of how to harness your creativity and the relationship between storytelling, creativity and um, a little bit of mindfulness as well. And just the idea of, you know, paying attention and being in the world.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Could we have a reading, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read you the um, introduction. The little stories of our lives tell of simple moments when the everyday is transformed into something remarkable. The magic of sunlight dancing across a bedroom wall after days of relentless grey, swirling frost patterns etched onto a kitchen window on a cold morning, or an envelope dropping unexpectedly onto the doormat, the address written in a familiar beloved hand. Little stories are small, but they shine bright like fireflies or sparkling water droplets on a winter branch. They concern the people that we love, the details that we observe, the small secrets that we keep, and the memories that make us glow inwardly. Little stories encapsulate the reasons we get out of bed in the morning. They describe the tiny pleasures and commonplace rituals that see us through every day. These are stories of moments that we share, moments that we quietly treasure, and that somehow make us who we are. If we don't see the value of tiny moments, we will miss the little stories. If we fail to notice them, they will fly unobserved into the ether. But if we learn to pay attention, we can gather them up and keep them close. We can catch them as they drift by in the sleepy afternoon air. We can sense them, like voices echoing quietly just beyond the path, and we can follow their whisper. There is always a little story around the corner of the day. We meet them on the back seat of the bus. We come across them as we fold ourselves into a favourite chair in a quiet cafe corner or we find them tucked gently into the pages of a well-loved book. Little stories surprise us on snowy mornings or rainy afternoons. We discover them when we find something forgotten in a pocket. They flutter out as we draw open the curtains on a sunny morning, or we unearth them hidden at the back of a drawer. Capturing and recording the little stories of our lives involves consciously slowing down. It means stopping to notice ordinary moments and familiar details. Telling the little stories of our lives is about cherishing what truly matters to us, making memories, capturing life creatively, and finding out what makes us who we are. Little stories can seem like nothing, but they mean everything. They surprise us, they delight us, they even sometimes break our hearts. I believe that by using words and photographs to record the little stories of our lives, we can each create a patchwork of tiny tales and begin to build a sense of our overarching life story, which reveals something of who we really are. If you gather together the precious fragments that make up your life, and hold those fragments to the light, looking for the little stories within, what will you see? I want to encourage you to think not just about how you can tell your little stories, but also to reflect on why you might choose to do so. I hope that this book will encourage you to view your world a little differently, helping you to find your unique creative voice, and to develop the habit of capturing precious moments of your everyday. Your stories are waiting to be told, and the details of your life matter.
0: Oh, how lovely. What inspired you to write the book?
1: Well, I've been telling my own stories online probably for about a decade before I wrote the book, so initially through a blog blog. And then through Instagram and sort of writing for magazines and and various different things. And I think I started to really feel that there was a lot of focus on sort of big, exciting, important stories, you know, the sort of red letter events. But what actually really mattered to me was the everyday and the tiny details and just sort of finding finding that those moments were enough and that those moments were something that it was worth recording. And I wanted to share that with other people.
0: I love that you do that. I host a true story open mic night here in Dewsbury. And before that, a friend and I hosted one in Lancaster. And it was always interesting to me because you you had to convince people that they had a story worth telling and that they had a right to tell the story. And it was Mm -hmm. one of those things I when you know, when you think about all the challenges to creating a new event that wasn't the one I had anticipated I thought it would be you know the timing and the location and all these things I never thought we'd have to convince people that they had a story worth telling so I think like the idea of it being in the book I think that's really quite wonderful because you can't necessarily reach everyone like we went like not you know kind of person to person to try Mm. to convince people but you know a book would have been such a faster way yeah
1: and and everybody has a story worth telling don't they but it's so hard sometimes to believe that isn't
0: it it is but you know saying that and for some reason in Lancashire people were like no I've never climbed a mountain I've never climbed a mountain and there's no mountain in Lancaster and then in Dewsbury no one has said that they're like yep I have a story like i was <laughs> just like that's amazing so I don't know what changes from you know Peak District to League I don't know but <laughs> <laughs> so could we have another reading please
1: yes our stories begin with ourselves as storytellers we pay attention to the world outside observing closely listening carefully recording faithfully but to tell our own stories we also look inwards In her essay on keeping a notebook, Joan Didion wrote that by keeping a notebook, she was seeking to remember what it was to be me. That is always the point. I have her words pinned above my desk. Remember what it was to be me. They speak to the heart of why a natural chronicler I've always kept notebooks, collaged photographs, jotted down stories. How do I feel in this moment? Who am I in this moment? What does it mean right now to be me? We write things down, memories, snippets, thoughts, observations, in order to connect with our ever-changing selves, to record who we are in the instant. In our notebooks, we press our past selves between the pages like diaphanous flowers so that we can look back and remember who we used to be. Photographs, particularly self-portraits, can be used in the same way. For example, a holiday selfie, smiling, suntanned face in front of a gorgeous view or at the summit of a recently climbed peak, is guided by the impulse to remember, the desire to preserve the place, the experience, and most importantly, the feeling. This is where I am right now. This is who I am. We record little stories to remember who we are, who we were, who we want to be. We seek to capture our fleeting emotions, the impressions and sensory experiences of a specific instant. We want to be able to recall who we are in a given moment. It was in order to remember how it feels to be me that I developed a habit of snapping a self-portrait whenever I swim in the sea. A love of outdoor swimming is in my blood. I come from a big family of hardy individuals with a penchant for seeking out and diving into bodies of cold water. My beloved grandad was the original swimmer. He swam in the sea year-round, and in 1969 was one of the founding members of his local Christmas Day swim. As a child, and even a young woman, the appeal of cold water swimming was lost on me. I spent many family Christmases huddled on the beach, watching braver family members dash with him into the bitter waves. I often swam with my grandad in the summertime, an empty early morning beach, the sea, a clear, glassy pond. But I didn't brave a winter swim until after he was gone when I was grown up, with children of my own. The day after his funeral was the first day of December, a sparkling morning. At my cousin Jasmine's suggestion, we assembled on the beach to remember him by sharing together in the thing he loved, his five children, over a dozen grandchildren and other assorted members of the family. My grandma watched holding a flask of scalding coffee laced with brandy as we lined up along the sand in our swimming costumes, hopping, rubbing our arms and squealing in the icy air. My uncle counted down and we dashed together, splashing and laughing into the sea. The shock gripped my chest, squeezing the breath out of me as the cold water pulled me close. I swam a few strokes towards the glittering sun. My skin tingled with an exhilaration close to pain. Grief and loss were interwoven with joy and gratitude. To be alive, to be with the people that I love, sharing in a wild requiem. Since that day, I have sought the chill waves at every opportunity craving the sense of being truly consciously alive. I have taught myself to swim year round, chasing the sensation that my cousin Molly, who often swims with me, calls the zing. When I emerge from the water, the tingling numbness in my limbs turning to exhilaration, I snap a quick picture on my phone, my head and shoulders of the sea behind me. I'm usually bedraggled, my mascara slightly smudged, my hair wind-whipped, but that doesn't matter. These photographs are for no one else. I take them to remember what it is to be me, with the salt clinging to my skin and my toes still submerged in the water. On days when I feel frustrated, trapped or uninspired, I think back to the sea and the memory of the shock of the waves. I sustain myself by scrolling back through my camera wall to these saltwater selfies, reminded of the freedom that I felt and that I will, one day soon, feel again.
0: I love the idea of remembering what it means to be you like in any given moment so my final question that I get to ask them is could you tell us a bit about what compiling this book was like and what did you learn while doing this process
1: so yeah so I I found it interesting because I was obviously combining words and photographs So I was sort of looking to take photographs that sort of illustrated what I was talking about. And I did quite a lot of research um, specifically into storytelling and into creativity and sort of wove that through with what I was talking about. And I think one of the things that I've taken from it myself is in the book, I talk quite a lot about how our sort of stories start from our obsessions and the things that really preoccupy us and that the things that we're really interested in sort of tell us who we are and that's, you know, where we can draw our stories from. And I've definitely found that, you know, all the writing I've done since, you know, it it comes from, you know, a similar sort of sense of preoccupation with the things that really matter to me. And that's always something you can draw on, I think.
0: That's wonderful. And I like that it's impacted not just how you think about it, but also how you write. Mm. And you're more conscious of what you write and kind of the why you're doing it and maybe even who you're doing it for. So I quite like the idea of a book that doesn't just help the readers, but help the author as well. (laughs) Yeah, I think definitely. (laughs) Could we have the final
1: reading, please? Yes, absolutely. So this is from towards the end of the book. We are our little stories and they are us. It can seem that big stories are the most important, overarching narratives and formative events. But when the fabric of our lives is unexpectedly altered, we come to realise that it was little stories that meant everything all along. When I look back through the fogged up window of my past at people and moments now altered or lost, it's the familiar, uneventful, quiet times I wish I could relive. The daily details that once seemed insignificant are the precious treasures that I long for. The way that my Yorkshire granny applied her rouge before she left the house. The songs that I sang in the te- in the village bus shelter with my teenage best friend. The tinkle of my baby's laughs. The scent on June evenings of the white roses that climbed the walls of my house. The taste of sweet, sticky grilled bananas from a roadside stall in Thailand. Or the sound of my returning brother's skateboard wheels grinding across the grill above my parents' cellar. Some of our little stories we want to share. To open to the world, even to shout from the rooftops, but some we want to fold secretly away and keep them close, as if worn in a locket next to the heart, to take out and carefully unfold when we need to be reminded of what matters most of all. We find ourselves in small stories, the fleeting instants, the everyday treasures, the tiny interactions, the ordinary days. Virginia Woolf once compared her diary to an old desk into which she threw a mass of odds and ends. Over time, she hoped that these would coalesce into what she described as a mould transparent enough to reflect the light of our life. Wolf's odds and ends are like our little stories. We hope that if we continue to collect them, then over time, our little stories will come together in a clear shape that reflects back to us the light of our life. Perhaps revealing to us a meaning of which we were previously unaware. I hope that your little stories will reflect back to you what the poet Hafiz described as the astonishing light of your own being. Little stories can show you who you are. These beautiful, ordinary days are the days of our lives. The only moment we can be ever sure of is the one we are in right now. We can sleepwalk through it, dull-eyed, faces lit only by the glow from our phone screens. Or we can choose to open our eyes wide, to step into the world, accept the invitation to be astonished and capture the story of what we see. Life is real. Let's pay attention. We have stories to tell. Oh,
0: that's wonderful, Laura. So where can we buy little stories of your life?
1: So it's in all the usual places, really. You can find it on Amazon, you can find it on the um, other online book sites, or ideally buy it from your local independent bookstore if you can.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for being our guest, for reading to us, for talking to us about the book. It has felt like a real treat.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Anytime.